This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. With Kevin De Bruyne, who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane, and it's another chance to make it three, and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. This is episode 19 of our second season. Hope your week has started off great. Now, sadly, Jared couldn't join us this week, but we're pleased to have the chairman of the KC Gunners, the man who's mildly tickled by Spurs' FA Cup elimination and who can still find ways to sweat despite freezing cold temperatures. News from the Twitter sphere. It's Voice Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, Spurs were gone in four days from two tournaments, and it felt good. Let's just not think about Friday. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, enjoy it while Jared's not here to have any kind of comeback. Uh, and, <laughs> and we're excited to have a new guest with us this week. He's the producer and host of the On the Counter Football podcast, an avid Chelsea fan, I'm told to believe, and the self-appointed heir apparent to Nostradamus. Intriguing. Please welcome Mr. Drew Pelz. How are you, bud? I'm doing great, James. Thanks for having me. I, too, am celebrating Spurs' misery over the past week with two cup exits. <laughs> this is going to be glorious. Oh, man, I'm already feeling the heat. Stay neutral, stay neutral, stay calm. It's going to be great. Uh, right, let's uh, let's jump right in, guys, with our version of top three, uh, where they're going to try and guess which of these top three talking points was the most popular. Uh, so, guys, the three subjects this week are, FA Cup related, of course, Arsenal fall to the Devils in red. Spurs slump to the Palace of the Crystal Eagles. And the Toffee and Hammers suffer against lower league opponents. Uh, so those are our three topics. And Drew, since you're our guest, you're going to get to pick first. So which of those three topics do you think was the most talked about? Well, I want to go with the Green Street hooligan reenactment outside of the Millwall Everton game. Okay. But oh, there's a but. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the the bigger teams. I'm gonna go with Arsenal and United. Arsenal United was on the list, but believe it or not, it was third in the list. Surprisingly, so really? just it was. So just the just the one point. But obviously, we will for sure break it down. Uh, Man United score three at the Emirates. To help them on to the next round in the FA Cup, the final score was 3-1. to one. Uh, United have now won six matches at the Emirates, which is more than any other uh, Premier League team since the Gunners moved there uh, back in 2006. Uh, now, for Arsenal, this is their second year in a row that they failed to reach at least the fifth round of the FA Cup, uh, having been eliminated in the third round last year against... Nottingham Forest. Um, so let me ask you first of all about United. Do we see them now, uh, you know, this rise of United, if you want to call it that, uh, as potential favourites to perhaps win the FA Cup this year? Well, I, I think that's going a little bit far uh, as favourites. Do I think they have a good chance? Absolutely. I mean, you've seen how well they've played ever since Solskjaer has come in. Um, and I think really it's a testament to the team itself. I mean, look, they have a lot of talent on this squad. You have Paul Pogba, one-time uh, you know, world record transfer. You have um, other guys who have been to the World Cup, the semifinals. You have Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard. Right? There's a lot of talent in this team mm-hmm. uh, already. David De Gea, I know he didn't play in the FA Cup, but as the uh, number one keeper, possibly number one in the world. Right? So there's a lot of talent here already. Um, I definitely think they have a good chance. And I think it depends on what selection they go through with. Uh, in the remaining rounds, are they going to keep putting in, um, you know, a few changes or are they going to put in a full starting 11? So I think that's the most important thing. Um, Solskjaer has done a great job. Don't get me wrong. 
But I think more of it comes down to the quality of the team. Mm. And I think you saw that against Arsenal as well. They were just, you know, head and shoulders above them the entire game. Mm, interesting. Uh, Boyce, uh, despite this loss, uh, how do Arsenal fans feel overall currently uh, as the state of things go? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's been a frustrating season. But I think part of what we've had to accept and understand is the fact that injuries have crushed us. I mean, you're looking at season-long injuries for Hector Bellerin, Rob Holding, Danny Welbeck. You just had Socrates go out for a month. You've got Laurent Koscielny that got kicked in the side of the face and almost broke his jaw by Lukaku in the match on Friday. Uh, you know, we talked last week about my feelings on, about this match at the Emirates, and the reality was it was my single worst nightmare where we lose both of our starting center backs over the course of the match and it reinsert Mustafi into the starting lineup. I, you know... I thought United played well. I think everything for Arsenal went downhill when Socrates got injured. The defense fell apart, kind of allowed the rest of the destruction for the rest of the match to occur. Koscielny going out didn't help things. Mm -hmm. Things are still a little asunder. You know, it's a rough time in North London, and I kid Spurs a little bit, but the reality is the same for both squads. Injuries have decimated them and kind of ruined their opportunities for advancing in really either cup or doing much of anything in the Premier League. And... To the earlier point, I think, I said this on Twitter, I still think I believe it, there's a really good shot that this Manchester United team, absent the just pox on their house that was Jose Mourinho, could very well end up finishing third this season. Mm -hmm. And looking ahead to next season, I think that you're talking about a situation where City, Liverpool, and United go into next season probably being the best three teams with the most money. And that's, you know, in the aftermath of Leicester City's championship win i think we've reverted to the mean here but to kind of return to arsenal we're three points off top four you know you've got bate borisov in the round of 32 in the europa league a tournament that doesn't really have another team in it bar probably chelsea and napoli that could really sort of oppose arsenal on a man-to-man difference you know last year you had atletico madrid when we were looking at the europa league we went a man up and a goal up and somehow still managed to lose that semifinal, which that's just classic Arson Finger right there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, it's been a frustrating season, but the lineup needs to change. You have Ozil on 350,000 pounds a week. You have Enric Mkhitaryan on over 200,000 pounds a week. Both those guys are over 30. For some strange reason, we think that going after Perisic and giving him 200,000 more pounds a week is going to work. It's... It's a frustrating time at the Emirates, but I don't really blame Emery. We just have a lot of lineup reconstruction to do. Boys, you're up next with the next one. So we still have uh, Spurs slump to the Palace of the Crystal Eagles and the Toffees and Hammers suffer against lower league opponents. So which one would you like to discuss? To echo my present adversary, I think there's a lot of joy in uh, discussing the, the demise of Roger Bennett, but... I mean, I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to talk about Spurs falling out of their second cup in the same week. So let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, let's do it. And then actually, believe it or not, got the three points this week. Who would have thought? Crazy. Uh, but it did. So uh, Spurs is... Best thing Tottenham's ever given me. <laughs> Uh, Spurs' poor performance against Crystal Palace cost them a place in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Final score was 2-0. Here's some more damning uh, stats about Spurs. Uh, They've now lost three of the past four games in all competitions, which is as many as in their previous 22 games combined. Uh, So that's crazy. And they've only failed to score in two of their past 21 FA Cup matches, both 
against Crystal Palace, so perhaps they're a bogey team. Um, what, as an outsider, perhaps, what happened to Spurs here? I mean, obviously, we've talked about their injuries. We talked about Harry Kane and the Sun obviously being out. But uh, what is what was the biggest issue uh, specifically in this FA Cup game for Spurs? Well, just to rub it in a little bit more, you said three out of four matches. They really should have drawn that match against Fulham, which mm. the fact that they only scored two goals in that match is criminal given how bad Fulham's defensive liabilities are. But, you know, <clears throat> despite his comments post-match, which I thought were a little ridiculous, although there's an ESPN article where everybody loves Pochettino and top four is now the biggest deal. Like, I bet... Arsene Wenger would love to take that article and from 2005 to 2013 when he wasn't winning anything and the media was relentless against him <laughs> that now they're celebrating Pochettino for and Spurs fans are joyous over it. It's just amusing as an Arsenal fan. At any rate, I don't actually blame Pochettino here. This isn't a Liverpool situation where Jurgen Klopp is purposely playing the B team. This is an injury-ravaged Spurs team that doesn't have its top three offensive players that is still dealing with trying to balance the back line. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that you have to worry about if you're a Spurs fan right now is that you're looking at an off season in 2019 where you're probably going to lose at least uh, outer Verald and, and probably a little bit in the midfield as well. And the question is, with the new stadium coming in, are you going to be able to replace Christian Eriksen if he decides to leave? I still don't think that man's going to Barcelona, but he could very well leave. He's in the last year of his contract. Daniel Levy's going to want to get some money for him. There's going to be a lot of turnover here, and I think you are going to more closely resemble the Arsene Wenger teams during the early Emirates era. Mm. But to address the question directly, what happened here is the same thing that happened against Chelsea. You know, Kieran Trippier's penalty went about as wide left as Eric Dyer's penalty went over the net in the semifinal <laughs> against Chelsea in the League Cup. It, you just, when Kane's not there, when Ali's not there, when Son's not there, there's a there's a lack of leadership. And Davidson Sanchez and Jan Vertonghen are not Toby Alderweireld. And I think Pochettino, rightly or wrongly, you know, I, I think it, he obviously wanted to win that League Cup match. He played a full roster of players. Here, I think he was willing to just seed it because to your earlier statistic, Spurs somehow had their next three Premier League matches at home, which mm-hmm. is fortunate. I'm not necessarily sure they deserve, but given the injury crisis, you kind of just throw your hands in the air. But this is where the rubber hits the road. Is, mm-hmm. is Son going to come back? Or, you know, They need probably six out of nine points mm-hmm. over the next stretch. Where they're playing, not they're playing Watford, they're playing Leicester, they're playing Newcastle. These are teams that they probably should beat and probably would beat if they had their full lineup. Mm-hmm. But if you start dropping points here, my prediction that United takes third could very well come true. Oh man, interesting. Uh, now, Drew, obviously, I know you're a Chelsea fan, uh, so maybe give us your analysis uh, if you could of that Carabao Cup uh, semi-final and Spurs' performance uh, and Chelsea's. Go ahead and uh, throw both of them in there for me. Sure. Yeah. Well. Let's start with Spurs. Let's start off with some fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're not going to like what I have to say, but Spurs are perennial chokers. I mean, they really are. Yes, uh, right. Boyce is right. They played pretty much a full squad in the Carabao Cup semifinal other than uh, uh, in the back or with the keeper. Right. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they played pretty much a full squad. But if you look at both games, Chelsea was clearly better, mm-hmm. not just because of possession um, or shots or anything like that. But just 
uh, attacking impetus. Chelsea had the the upper hand in both games. And so it doesn't surprise me that that Spurs went out. And I mean, I said this, I put this on Twitter uh, before the game started. I put this on Twitter at halftime. Spurs, of course they were going to lose. They haven't proven it uh, that they can do it in big games, right? This one, yes, they had to go to Stamford Bridge for the second leg, but they were up 1-0, right? Away goals doesn't matter, so even though they scored, you know, that that didn't play into it here. Um, if you go back and look at last year in the Champions League, they were up against Juve at home in the second leg, and they blew it by giving up two goals in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, when they've been to other FA Cup semifinals, when they've been to uh, Carabao Cup finals, right? Spurs don't do it when they really need it most. When they have the opportunity to win a trophy, or even the year that Leicester won the title, Spurs was in second. Who did they lose to? That pretty much sealed it for Leicester. They lost at Stamford Bridge, right? Spurs are perennial chokers, and so it didn't surprise me that this happened against Chelsea uh, this year as well. Mm. One thing that I think helped Chelsea this game was sorry finally went away from the false nine. I think yes, Eden Hazard's a great player and and all that stuff, but he doesn't want to play as a false nine, right? No matter how good he is. He doesn't do well there. He complained about it under Antonio Conte, and he's complaining about it now. That's not his best position. So I think that was a big factor in it, that he finally got out of that position, went out onto the wing, and played very well. I think that was a a, a big thing for Chelsea. Just to interject here, sure. Arsenal finished second behind Leicester. They finished ahead of Tottenham. Oh, I but- knew he'd bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I would never forget, and this is a sidestep here, but Newcastle, of all teams, managed to completely destroy Spurs. I think it was 5-1 or something in the end, and I was just beyond belief at that point. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about a team like Spurs who are going for the title and end up third. Anyway, uh, let's move on to <laughs> uh, the last topic, and Drew, it's with you. Uh, and of course, it's the last one on the list, which is the Toffees and Hammers suffer against lower league opponents, which will give you two points just out of nothing. Uh, lower league teams, Millwall and AFC Wimbledon, create remarkable victories in their respective fixtures against Everton and West Ham. Uh, Everton have now conceded at least three goals in an FA Cup game against the side from a lower tier for the first time since January of 2001. Uh, Now for West Ham, they've been eliminated from the FA Cup by League One side for a second consecutive year after Wigan beat them uh, last year. So let me uh, let me ask the question first of all uh, about Everton in terms of where they are currently in the season for the EPL. Uh, obviously, their performance here in the FA Cup. What do we see for Everton moving forward as a team? Do we see any kind of structure, any kind of forward progress? Uh, what do we think on that, Drew? Well, I think the Everton board has done a terrible job in the past two or three years. They've spent a ton of money on transfers, and none of it has really worked out that well. They're kind of always in the same place, top of the table between, you know, number seven and ten. And I think this year that's exactly where they're going to end up. They spent all this money bringing in guys either on loan or for transfers and really to no avail. The thing that I thought was was interesting about this game was against Millwall, this was a good embodiment of the magic of the FA Cup, right? Because Everton did put out a full squad. They didn't really rest that many guys. Mm -hmm. They definitely went for it. And the fact that they lost, I know they had to travel to Millwall. I think this game, at least, they put forth their full effort. Now, of course, the fans are livid with Marco Silva for having that full squad out there. 
but then not being able to get the win against uh, you know a team in a lower division. I don't know if Marco Silva should be on the hot seat because the same thing. He's doing just fine with Everton. They're going to be outside of the top six, of course, but they're still going to be in the top half of the table. So, I mean, what more do they really want from him? If you look at the Everton team on paper, is he underperforming? No. Is he overperforming? Absolutely not. He's doing exactly as he should be. Mm. So I don't really understand where the Everton fans are going crazy over this. What I will say is this. If Marco Silva gets sacked, I can't imagine any team in the Premier League is going to take him. And the reason is because that would be three years or three uncompleted years in the Premier League with three different teams, with Hull, Watford, and then if he gets sacked this year at Everton, who's going to want to take him? I think that's a bigger story, really, than where Everton's going to place. I think before the season started, most people could expect Everton to be between 7 and 10. But to have Marco Silva on the hot seat again for a third year with a third club— I think that's a bigger story. Interesting. Yeah, I'd somewhat agree with that. Yeah, um, Boys, let me uh, ask you questions on West Ham. Again, a shock loss uh, for them over the weekend. Um, what's what's their story of anything in terms of moving forward? What's their development plans? Uh, what do they need to do to get some stability? Uh, my first piece of advice to West Ham would be to stop uh, signing cast-off Arsenal players. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I think that that would be a, a really good strategy to stop signing Samir Nasri and Jack Wilshire and Lucas Perez. Although Fabianski's had a pretty decent year for them. Uh, you know, West Ham and Everton have a, a similar problem in terms of their talent acquisition. Which it, it's like you give a kid a hundred bucks and you just let him loose. You know, they overpay for everything just because they think they want it. You know, Richarlison's on that list. He's been fine this year. Gilpie Sigurdsson, they overpaid. Jordan Pickford, they overpaid. They've had so much money. And it's really funny to watch Everton, just for a moment, in comparison to Liverpool, because Liverpool has obviously figured out how to buy players and then sell them for large amounts and then reinvest in players that generally work. So I can only imagine how frustrating that is. As far as West Ham goes, I mean, there's just not a ton on that roster. They, they've spent a lot of money and they've bought a lot of people. But if you look at the lineup that they trotted out there, there's just, there's nothing. They're still playing Andy Carroll. And then when they needed a goal, they subbed in Lucas Perez who got one, but Robert Snodgrass, Mark Noble, Mikel Antonio, like these guys weren't great. They've got Declan Rice is the future of that club. And, and you know, they moved into the Olympic stadium. They've overpaid on their lease for that as well. I, it's hard to see a path forward for this team that involves anything substantial. I, I think the gulf that you're seeing this year where Arsenal and Man United are at 44 points and Watford's at 33, it doesn't seem like that situation's going to go away. I, I think you've got the four teams, or the five teams, I think, that are, are 7 through 11 right now. You're Watford, Wolverhampton, Leicester, West Ham, Everton. I, I think over the next three or four years giving their buying styles that they're those teams are just going to switch places mm. and until everton hires someone and west ham as well uh, you know a director of player personnel a, a director of football operations whatever you want to call it until they get somebody in there who can actually readily identify talent and bring in players of note and they're not just like we want richarlis and watford tell us how much you'll you know you'll take for him and watford's like 65 million and they're like sold you know it's not it's like nobody's negotiating over there in the slightest 
Just like name your highest price you could possibly name and we'll buy it because that's who we've decided we want. I, I think what will be interesting is to to rope Arsenal into this for a second. Sven Mislintot is leaving Arsenal at the beginning of February. He stated that he is looking to uh, assume a position for a Premier League club. And you have to wonder whether or not mid-table teams like West Ham and Everton that have a little money and are looking to figure out how to spend it better might consider getting old Diamond Eye in there and seeing what he can do. Diamond Eye. Love it. They might actually do it. How much did uh, Jack Wilshere go in the end for? I can't even remember that. That's he that. went for free. He went, he went for, for free. He went for free. Wow, that's a steal. There you go. <laughs> on, a, on a Bosman. Is it really a steal, James? Sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> or not. But anyway, uh, let's move on, guys. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play another round of our midpoint favorite, which is, of course, Rumor Mill. Uh, so to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were, in fact, printed or just something I made up. So it's basically true or false. Two points for a correct guess. And Boyce, you're up first with this one. Crystal Palace are considering a move for former winger Yannick Balassi. As Everton manager Marco Silva has told him, there is little prospect of him playing for them in the future. True or false? Speaking, speaking of awful transfers, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to say that it is true. It is true, yes. Nice work. And The Guardian uh, wrote those words. Uh, man, if that is true, cool. Marco Silva, as we discussed earlier. What a guy. What a guy. Let's see how he fares moving forward for Everton. But anyway, uh, Drew, this next one's for you. Crystal Palace, again, uh, have been tempted by an offer from Bayern Munich for Ivory Coast winger Wilfred Zaha for a breathtaking £75 million. True or false? Wow, that's a big number. Yeesh. I... If, if you're going to trip us up on one, I, I, I think it's that number, $75 million from Bayern for Wilfred Zaha. Uh, I'm going to go with false. It is false. Nice work, bud. You saw through it. That was perfect. Nice work. Well played. Uh, I did completely make that number up. I, maybe it was a little too high on reflection. Uh, he's no Christian Pulisic. A, yeah. <laughs> I like Good call. Uh, but I will say the stat is that Dortmund do want him, uh, apparently. They just haven't actually released any uh, asking price yet so uh, I guess we'll see if that does transpire uh, boys this next one is for you and I know you know the answer to this but I'm going to read it anyway uh, Arsenal have been heavily linked with Croatian international and Inter Milan winger Ivan Perisic true or false <laughs> oh god not only is that true the dumbest thing I heard today was that we were talking about a swap deal for Perisic where we would give them Ozil and still pay 175 million pounds per week of his 350 or 175,000 pounds of his 350,000 pound salary which would be <laughs> so asininely stupid that it's beyond my imagination but that doesn't mean it won't happen it's just that would be the most ridiculous thing we could possibly do that would be great wouldn't it uh but yes you're right that is true <laughs> uh the bbc sport and many other news outlets have uh, now published said read so uh i guess we'll see how that deal does transpire uh drew this last one is for you tottenham are finally ready to step into the transfer market with a 20 million pound move for psg midfielder adrian rebio true or false Ooh. I know Rabio thinks that Spurs are uh, sub Premier League level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't like them, but I want to say that one's true. I think Spurs are still interested in him. 
It is true. You're very up to date, sir. Yes, nice work. And uh, exactly as you said it, he's not <laughs> wanting to go there, but Spurs warn him. So they're in a bit of a stalemate. And uh, with only a few days left in this transfer market, I'm kind of curious to see how that one transpires. It'll probably just cancel itself out. Let's go ahead and move on to our last game, which is, of course, another classic closer with our traditional FA Cup twist. It is Team Profile. So I'm going to provide five different (coughs) clues to a different FA Cup team, each clue easier than the last. Uh, The first person to shout their name and correctly guess said team wins those points. But you only get one guess, as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. Uh, This week, your clue to all these teams (coughs) is staying alive. Staying alive. Uh, So as you probably guessed, this translates to current FA Cup teams that are still in competition at this point in time uh, whether from replay form or moving on to round 5 so clearly not Spurs or Arsenal Uh, guys you ready? let's do it let's do it team number 1 is located in Shropshire Shropshire say that 5 times Uh, is a league 1 team players include Greg Doherty and Luke Waterfall (laughs) Managed to earn a replay from the weekend. Drew. Yes, Drew. Taking a shot in the dark. Uh, Shrewsbury? It is Shrewsbury. Nice work, bud. Yeah, very good. Uh, The last clue on that one was known as the Shrews, and they damn near almost beat Wolves, and that would have been a story, but uh, Wolves clawed their way back and have earned a replay. I wonder which way that is going to go. We shall see. Uh, Team number two has had four different managers in the last five years. Is a current EPL team. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know why I just did that. Uh, Watford. (laughs) Uh, It is not Watford, no, and that does uh, (laughs) unfortunately freeze you out. Trend is continuing from last week. I love it. Uh, So, true. these last clues are for you. Uh, Have lifted the FA Cup uh, somewhat recently. Uh, Were runners-up in last year's FA Cup tournament and are known as the Red Devils. Boy, that's a tough one. (laughs) It It can't possibly be... The Fighting Solshires, also known as Manchester United, could it? It, it certainly is. Yep, nice work. <laughs> and that'll get you those two points. Uh, Manchester United, let's uh, let's see how they fare moving forward. But anyway, uh, team number three, uh, play at Pride Park Stadium. Drew. Yes, Drew. Derby County. Wow. 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 Nice. Someone Man. did their homework. <laughs> Get shelled. I need Jared back. <laughs> Jared's going to be listening to this going, oh, this is great. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will admit to you, um, I'm a big fan of Marcelo Bielsa, so I did have someone outside of your house taking notes on the questions for today. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but it is Derby County. The other clues, where all white home kits currently sixth in the championship division, known as the Rams, and are currently managed by Frank Lampard. So nice work. It is uh, Derby County. Team number four are located in Hertfordshire. Playing their fourth consecutive year in the EPL. Have yellow as part of their home strip. Known as the Hornets. Boyce. Drew. Yes, Boyce. That's Watford. That is Watford, yes. Nice work on that. I'll give you those uh, those two points. Uh, the last clue was players include Ducore, Holobas, and that lovable Troy Deeney. Great guy. Um, last team of the game, uh, currently managed by Graham Potter. 
used to play in the Premier League, based in Wales. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Swansea. Swansea City. Yes, it certainly is. And that'll get you those two points. Uh, the last two clues on this one were plays at the Liberty Stadium and are known as the Swans. Uh, so nice work on that. And guys, that is the game. And boy, it was a close one this week. Uh, here are the final scores. Boyce, you came away with 11. But Drew, congratulations. You came away with 13 and the win. A guest win. How do you feel? Oh, I'm going to Disneyland right after this. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly did his research. Clearly did his homework. Love it, man. Um, so go ahead real quick and give us, uh, give us a little uh, intro, a little bit, tidbit, if you will, on uh, what you do for your podcast, uh, when you guys record, and uh, all that fun stuff. Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me on, James and Boyce. I appreciate it uh, a lot. Always, of course, coming in here to win. Number one, go for gold. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Uh, but seriously, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, my podcast is on the counter. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, or if you use an Android, you can get it on Stitcher. And uh, I talk about the major news on and off the field in mainly the Premier League and the Champions League, and then the world at large, uh, or the soccer world at large, uh, when needed. I do two episodes a week, every Tuesday and Friday, uh, usually about a half hour. So if you're on your lunch break, if you are commuting to work or something like that, you can uh, definitely get the whole episode in. Nice. And uh, real quick, uh, give us your uh, top four finishes uh, for this season for the EPL. All right. You know, I'm not sold on Liverpool because Ooh. of... Well, let me tell you why real quick. I'm not sold on Liverpool because of their road form, <laughs> right? What's the mantra? Win at home, get points on the road. This year in big games, they haven't done it on the road. They lost at City in the Champions League. They lost all three games on the road. So I'm not buying Liverpool just yet, even mm-hmm. though their defense has been absolutely stellar. But I'm going to go with City, Liverpool, unfortunately Tottenham. <laughs> and then I'm going with United in fourth. I think they're going to get past Chelsea and Arsenal in the top four. Interesting. I like it. I like it a lot. Good deal. Uh, boys, commiserations on the loss. Uh, but how are you feeling? Uh, give us your feelings in general. You know, it's one of those things I wanted to let everybody know, uh, since Arsenal are desperately in need of a center back, I'm going to leave tonight. I plan to be (laughs) in London tomorrow for the match against Cardiff because God knows we don't have anybody else. And I'm probably better than Shkodan Mustafi. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, uh, yeah, you know, it's another season. We're three out. We have City on the weekend, so I'm just going to go in the fetal position on Sunday for a while. Uh, I'm trying to think of announcements. Uh, We should probably tell everybody that on the morning of March 2nd at 6.30, we will be doing the away Arsenal leg to Spurs at Strange Days. You guys are going to be hosting us at 6.30 in the morning. And along Casey Gunner's news, uh, we just rebranded today, which is very exciting. I saw, yeah. A fancy new badge designed by uh, the one and only Brent Anderson, who has made an appearance or two on this podcast. So Mm -hmm. things from a Casey Gunner's perspective, probably going a little bit better than things from an Arsenal perspective. But uh, good God, if we lose to Cardiff tomorrow, I'm just taking the next, I'm going to take the weekend off. I can't do a loss (laughs) to Cardiff and then getting shelled by City. I just can't. I can't do it. Can't, can't fathom it. Oh, I guess we'll see. But it is funny that uh, both these North London teams are in uh, similar predicaments. Uh, so which one will come out on top at the end? 
Uh, that'll be the true bragging rights uh, right there. But anyway, as I always say, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, that is all we have time for today. Uh, but big thanks, as always, to my guest, Boyce Richardson, and uh, Drew Pearls again. Thanks so much for coming on the show, bud. Um, don't forget to share the love by rating us from iTunes and, of course, subscribing to our weekly episodes. Uh, you can also check us out and our musings on our Twitter page, at Kick Corner Flag, as well as our Facebook page and website, kickflag.com. Uh, Drew, any final words, bud? Uh, nope, nothing for me. Thanks again, guys, for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, I've enjoyed your show for a while. I really like the player profile segment and the rumor mill. Um, cause even for me, it's a little bit of a test. So Love thank it. you guys. Um, also I forgot for anyone who's listening, find me on Twitter, uh, at Drew Pels is where you can find me. Drew Pels. Love it. Um, and boys. Anything but three points tomorrow and I'm just burrowing in a hole and never coming back. <laughs> We'll see how next week fares. All right, guys, that'll do it. And until next week.